Welcome to the Blank Bus Podcast, a weekly conversation on the biggest stories in politics from two friends who come from opposite sides of the aisle. I'm Erin McCall, founder of Blank Buzz, a political marketing firm that seeks to empower campaigns and politicians by connecting them to their constituents through innovative marketing strategy. For more information, please visit blankbuzz.com. Now let's get into the show. Hello and welcome back to the What's the Buzz podcast. My co-host already looks dejected. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we've been meaning to do this for a month, a month. uh, but yeah, when we last left off, it was election night, uh, some feelings were felt, there were uncertainties, uh, and a general sense of doom, uh, now we know who the next president is. Uh, and we are mainly concerned about Georgia. Yeah. Well, you know what just occurred to me? We, the last time we did this podcast, we had Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh-huh. And then we just had Buffalo Wild Wings today. Yes. We did the podcast. Something mm. about that that drives us. Because literally, for the past, like, probably two weeks, every single day, we've been saying we need to do the podcast. We need to do the podcast. And we just, like, haven't done it for one reason or another. Yep. And today is finally the day. Yay! I want to, like, rewind a little bit because uh, we live in New York City and um, definitely this was one of the places, um, well, during the election week, we were very on edge. Yes. You didn't want to really, like, leave the house at all. Yep. And... Finally, we found out on Saturday, and there were tons of people, like, dancing in the street, and there was a lot of, like, we were one of the places where there was a lot of, like, open celebration. Yeah. And I've never really seen anything, excuse me, anything like that, because the only thing somewhat, the only reaction like that I can ever remember was 2008, when Obama was elected president it was very exciting and there was a similar feeling but it wasn't that vocal um like the excitement wasn't like quite to that level yeah there weren't really people i mean maybe in new york there were those but there was no one where i lived that was dancing in the street or anything (laughs) so this definitely was like the biggest reaction i'd ever seen to anything politically just like yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know. It's been an interesting, like, month because for a while um, the transition was kind of being held up. Yep. Because it turns out that there's, like, this one person that kind of controls it that has to sign off to certify the election results. And until they do that, um, the funds and everything aren't... Um, given to the new transition team. Yep. And so I think that person's a Trump appointee. I'm not sure if the president always appoints that person or how that works, but um you're playing with my bun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you can play with that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm embarrassed I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um so 
yeah, so she was, like, holding up the certification, but then finally she's certified, but then it's been this whole road to um, the actual election results being official because we had, they call it, there's a name that I'm forgetting. It happened on my birthday this year. It happened on Tuesday. Um, what is that called? It's, like, Saving Grace or it's Saving, Safe Harbor Day. I don't even know why it's called that. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the day where all the states certify their election results. Mm -hmm. So it's like official, but then it's officially, officially official when the electors actually vote. Yeah. Um, which happens on December fourteenth. So that's when it's like there's no turning back. Yeah. Um, but so it's like we got to step one. Step two is coming. But you know, in the meantime, m most of the. Republicans, especially like the Senate Republicans, and there's been a lot of pressure put on like state and local officials to like not certify the results or to like cast doubt or to say it was like fraudulent, even though this was the most secure election ever, mm -hmm. is what the U.S. intelligence is saying. And Trump actually fired, I forget who, but one of the main people who came out and said that. Yeah. That was um I believe in the Head CIA. Of DHS, I thought. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, um yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So um you know, so it's kind of been like chaotic and just very different cuz we're just not used to that kind of like questioning and a lot of people it feels very like coolish. Right. Um but and a lot of people are scared for, like, what does it mean for the future? Like, is this just going right. to become normal? That, like, this is just what Republicans or when people lose elections, are they going to um, always bring it up to, like, some kind of um, falsification when there's no evidence for it? So. Yeah. Um and, you know, is it possible for these sorts of tactics on a smaller scale to uh, swing local or congressional seats? Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, uh, I think just today, something like 106 Republican members of the House, which constitutes a majority of the Republicans in the House of Representatives, signed something basically saying that Biden didn't win the election. Uh which is a problem when a majority of the political party that happens to be capable of governing with a minority of the votes uh, does no, no longer uh, supports the idea that elections matter. Uh, that's just a, a... It bodes ill for the future um, if there are no consequences for this kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's just like very different than what we're used to. And like normally when I'm even paying the attention to the electors and all this stuff, and I know that like some of them have been threatened and there's been like violence and whatnot. Right. And that's just like, it does feel very like third world country kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, nothing... No one's actually gotten, like, hurt or anything yet, but there's been different threats and things happening. Yeah. Um, and... I don't, it's just, like, so weird that these people just, like, sit by and are like, oh, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> um, it's just... 
Well, it's, like, awful, but it's just weird at the same time. Because it's, like, you know that they don't really believe it. Or they're just, like, completely delusional. But I don't know if it's... I can't figure out if, if this is Trump's way of, like... Is he trying to, like, see... Like, plant doubt almost, like, as a gaslighting technique? Or it's, like, you just, like, say it enough times that people start to, like, question the reality? Or is it just a way to, like keep getting attention because by doing this because normally right now we're talking about oh the inauguration you know this and that of the next president and is this a way of like sort of bringing the attention back to himself Mm -hmm. to take it away from biden i think it's both basically like um it is it's a it's a complex thing which is one the president doesn't want to admit defeat because he's not really psychologically capable of doing that. Two, uh, the president wants to keep controlling uh, the attention of the media because that is the thing that is most gratifying to him and that is the thing that he is best at. Um, and number three, uh, the Republican Party in general wants to do as much damage to the legitimacy of the incoming administration as possible. Um, there, you know, I mean, like, there are, just the other day, Rush Limbaugh was talking about secession. You know, uh, there is, uh, increasingly it seems like the Republican Party is on a war footing against the United States, uh, getting prepared to uh, really sabotage the interests of the country. Uh, in order to ensure that the party can uh, keep its grasp on power. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have so many different comments I want to make. <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, and the pardons. We didn't even talk about that yet. Because um, obviously the big, the big thing is... Well, okay, well, at one point, Trump did say he would just, no, not secede, he would concede, concede uh, after the electors voted. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen now, but um, we'll find out next week, though. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of people are saying he's going to go to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas and never come back. <laughs> that's like... That'd be nice. Yeah, so we'll see. And because that's the thing, like you said, like he won't admit defeat or, you know, he's not going to he's not going to like plan himself in the White House and the military is going to have to come get him out because he wouldn't put himself in a position where he wouldn't put himself in a losing situation. Exactly. So he it's not going to go down like that. So that's where like, you know, maybe he, you know, because if it's his choice to just leave, then he's staying Mar-a-Lago, then, you know, so then like that's his choice. Right. So just like you know, his choice in quotes, but, um, cheese. Okay, um, do you want to put that over here? Sure. Okay. So, um, oh, the pardons. So everyone's talking about, um, who is he gonna pardon? Um, and you know, like the sort of like dealing out of the pardons in the last like few days, most likely, of the presidency, and like. A lot of people are saying he's going to pardon his kids, which is probably true. And, like, his close associates and they've talked, like, how far do pardons go and, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, can he pardon himself? But it seems like you can't pardon yourself. 
Um, the other thing about pardons is that they only apply to federal crimes and not mm-hmm. state crimes. And, like, particularly the, the specific things he's facing um, are, are state crimes. Like, the, um, the Manhattan DA is doing this um, criminal case that has to do with his financials and business dealings. Um, that's what you've been hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also the New York attorney general is doing a civil case, um, also dealing with some different tax issues. Um, and so those, and I think there's another civil case that's pending. So, Mm -hmm. so all of those things, he's not going to be able to actually protect himself or anyone else from because they're state crimes. Um, and you know, it's the state of New York. So the only person who can pardon you in the state of New York would be Governor Andrew Cuomo. And, correct, and that, and you know, we know that that's not gonna happen in a million years. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's not gonna happen <laughs> ever. So, um, you know, so all of those things will still kind of stand no matter what happens with the pardons, um, but. Um, Oh, and the other theory that people have is that he's going to, like, step down in the last, like, five minutes of his presidency and then make Mike Pence the president. And then Mike Pence is going to grant him a pardon since he can't pardon himself. I know, like, you said, yeah, because then Mike Pence would be president. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, the one thing I was thinking of with that is that which I don't even know. Like, okay, so like, if let's just say that happened and Mike Pence was president for literally like an hour, mm-hmm. does that mean you're only eligible to run for one term then? Oh, uh, no, because you can be president up to ten years. Oh, you can't. That was interesting. Right, because you can. I think constitutionally, no, wait, no, eight years is the maximum. Wait, I forget if it's like. You can complete a term of less than half the the term of the person that resigned and still run for two terms. Uh-huh. I think that's what it is. Okay, so it wouldn't do uh, anything. Because I was like, maybe it would almost, like, sabotage him <laughs> in a way yeah. if if he did that. And then, you know, it'd be like he'd be one of the embarrassing presidents. You He's know, like those one lists. Of the embarrassing presidents. No, 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 Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. Mike Pence. You know, like those lists of like the do nothing president, or whatever. Like right. William Henry Harrison, who's my relative, um, is on that well, list. Yeah, and, Mike Pence you know, would beat William William Henry I know. record. Right. Well, that's uh, what I mean. It would almost be like, it would almost it. Re- what would it really do for Mike Pence? Like, it would almost be embar- It would almost be worse because then. You'd be, I mean, I guess you'd go down in history in a way that you don't otherwise, but still. Yeah. It's not really like, I don't know. He's not going to get like this crazy, like, glory because of it. Like, he would be on all those embarrassing lists. Yeah. So, um, you're looking that up, that terms thing? So, yeah, but, um, that's basically that's the only scenario in which he could get himself a pardon. Um,. Yeah. No person shall be held, elected to the office of the president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president more than once. More than once. once. So the maximum is ten years. So Mike Pence would be able to run 
twice. Okay, so I guess that doesn't change it anything. anything. It would be weird though, but um, yeah. So yeah, I agree. It probably won't happen, but it you know he could do it. Yeah, it could happen theoretically. Um. So yeah, so the that's the pardons, and then. You know, he's saying he's going to hold a, a rally during the inauguration, a competing yeah. rally of some kind. <laughs> um, sure. So, yeah, I know. It, it's definitely just, like, so different than, like, any other time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like there's so many thoughts on it, and I feel like so much has happened, but... Um, it's all just kind of so existential. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it is, you know, it's, I'm not worried about Trump finding a way to stay in office. Uh, I'm not really even worried about Trump finding a way to, to evade crimes. I don't think that, well, rather, I don't think that there's any, like, pardon shenanigan he can undertake. There It'll isn't. It'll really stick. Um, and like we talked, the state yeah. crimes, so it, it really is not going to, yeah. for him, it's really not going right. to matter. I still like, I still would place it under 50% that like the president ends up really seeing justice in any meaningful way. Um, just because of the way things had a habit of turning out. Um but, I think the only yeah. like light I see with that is that all this stuff's in the state of New York. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about like I don't know how you find jurors for this kind right. of case. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's to, if, you, if you want to have impartial jurors in this case, you need to find some some Uzbek shepherds and fly them in, uh, make sure that they've never seen a television in their lives. Yeah. Uh, and have them have them sit. And hear this case. Right. Like, I think because it's in the state of New York, it gives me more... I feel like that tips it a little bit more into likelihood that something could come of it. Just because we have a little bit... Well, and especially because our, our state government is a more... I mean, it's not even... It's definitely not perfect, but it's a tighter run ship. And we have better people controlling it Mm -hmm. and we have like um it's not all you know it's not like a republican rigged system where they're just gonna like basically let anything slide yeah and you know obviously people here generally don't like him so yeah um outside of like some long islanders or whatever (laughs) upstate folks but um you know so I, i think that gives me some hope that, like, maybe something will come of it. But we'll see. Um, you know, Mary Trump, who's, like, the black sheep niece yeah. who wrote that book, seems to think that actually it'll be it'll be severe enough that he's not going to be able to run in four years. Mm. That's what she seems to think. So, you know, and I don't know if she has any, like, intel <laughs> on any of that. But just because... I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a family business, so, you know, she knows... She would know more than maybe another associate close to him. 
I don't know but, how it can be serious enough for him to avoid running in four years. Like, I don't. Rather, I don't see how that threshold is lower than like him ending up in prison. Because I don't think anything short of prison time would be a cons- would be a well. He well that's a, he might he might go to prison. I mean, it's right. not going to be. You know, it's probably going to be like a year or something. But maybe, maybe, you know, maybe not even a year. But, um, you know, that very well could happen, though. I, I'm telling, like, yeah. It's he definitely could. It's in the Manhattan DA. If they, like, you know how much Manhattan DA wants this victory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's been working on this case literally. I think for like five years at this point. Yeah. They've been working like non-stop and like for years to get the evidence that they need to have the absolute strongest ironclad case possible before they actually go to trial so you know i don't it's not your average like white collar yeah criminal case we're talking about here right so yeah but i mean you know the one thing because obviously like the elect you know how our election process works is a little bit more on the forefront this year. Yeah. And I learned a bunch of really interesting things. And, you know, it we do, because I'm like, I think there would be a coup if we didn't have, like, as the sort of, like, um, checks and balances that we do have. It's definitely oh, not perfect because, you know, we've gotten, this is pretty much as close as anybody's gotten. Mm-hmm. To some kind of a coup or like power. Since the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What What do you mean the 1930s? Um. The the, the, the like the business plot. Uh, a bunch of businessmen got together and tried to cajole a U.S. general into overthrowing FDR. Uh huh. Um. Okay, but I mean like an actual like person running for election. Yeah. Trying to like manipulate the election. Yeah. Result. Um. So, uh, it turns out that, like, these systems are really intricately designed. Because, like, when you go, you probably don't, you probably don't know this. So, when you go to your election, um, polling location. Now, the laws are a little different in every state. But, generally speaking, this is how it works. When you go to your polling location, um, there's going to be two people who are sitting at that greeting table. Um, and that's like that's by design. So, and one of them is a Democrat, and one of them is a Republican. Yeah. Um, that pretty much is how it works, mm-hmm. and that's so that like you know they can't like be biased in favor or in disfavor of you know one particular point of view. You know, because obviously they could um, see your name and um, if, what party you're registered to potentially and things like that. So, and then. Um, like poll workers, you're not allowed to wear any any clothing or have anything or even say anything um, related to any kind of election or voting, like opinions or anything like that. Right. Um, because you'll get like kicked out, and yeah. um, like there's like actual consequences, and yeah. a lot of this stuff is actually federal crimes, <clears throat> which are like the most yeah. serious. Um. So. Um. And even like. Um. The voting, um, like when they where they count the votes and all that stuff, like it, it's a, another thing where they have like people of both parties, and usually like the people in charge of counting the votes and whatnot, um, it's 
like this it's a group of people where not neither no party has a majority um and they have to have like a certain number of people cuz there might be independents or people of other parties but like right. there nobody can have a majority and there's all of these different like intricacies involved and it, and it's exactly like for this reason so that like you you can't just put all people of one party in these positions and then um you know they sort of like uh do some kind of a coup like or you know it's like a coordinated effort so they yeah. can't do this coordinated coup thing right um yeah so there's all of these um different intricacies exactly and they seem you know definitely they work i mean that's what we've seen so um but what about the hugo chavez voting machines <laughs> What about, like, what is that referring to exactly? So the... Because the voting machines, because that's, like, they're also, like, or is it, is this, like, a computer? Because, like, when you, the voting machines, like, it, when you take your, if it's a paper ballot, you take it to this machine, and it, you, it separates your name from your, how you voted. So, yeah. like, when, so that means when the people are counting the votes... They're literally counting the votes. They're not seeing your name or anything. They're just seeing the votes. Yeah. And then only and then when you take your thing back up to the election or the poll workers with your name and the whatever, all they're seeing is your name. They're not seeing how you voted. So it separates yeah. those two aspects. Yeah. So like the the Giuliani gang um has this conspiracy theory that it's hard to re restate um like, because I've I've watched the press conferences where Rudy is melting, and there's that one late Sydney Porter. No, did you know he has COVID nineteen? Does he? Yeah. Still. What do you mean still? I mean he just got it like a few days ago. Oh, well, good for him. Um, <clears throat> I thought he already had it. All right, no. Um, <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that? Um, Onion article. Uh. Rudy Giuliani tests positive for slew of bat-borne diseases unrelated to COVID-19. Okay, so what is the point you're okay. making about these The Rudy Giuliani legal team is pushing this conspiracy theory that um, I think one of the companies that makes some voting machines is own, was founded by a guy who, was, who immigrated from Venezuela. And because he immigrated oh, from Venezuela... Yeah. He must have had some connection to the Chavez regime. I remember regime. this. Okay. And the Chavez regime, of course, is run by the Democrats um, because they're communists and the Democrats are communists. Um, and so the idea is that the voting machines are uh, programmed to, like, fuck with the vote or to count every Biden vote as a vote and a quarter uh, in order to push Biden over the line, <laughs> um, all this, and but it's all totally based. They just made it up, like it's right. not right. They, they just they just find the drunkest person in each state to give a testimony. Yeah. Um, if you'll recall that wonderful video of that blonde lady. Oh yeah, but they like said so she wasn't even there or whatever. Like right, they couldn't even like all of her stuff couldn't even like they couldn't even verify. Any of the, her information. Right. So these, these people are... They're are, just making it up or whatever. They are rogues and con men. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I know Trump, part of his, is he's been, like, pressuring some of the locals to, like, not certify the results or whatever, but they all did. 
Um, and, but I don't know. I'm like, they've got to find some way. Cause I'm like, they should probably protect the election officials, but I guess you can't really make them like anonymous because that could also have other issues then. But like, I don't know. They've got to do something so that like, I don't know. So that the candidates can't directly like reach out to them somehow. Um, they can't like talk directly. Um, because, and then also all the lawsuits, we didn't even talk about, all the, you know, because part of the Trump strategy was to, like, try to overturn, I mean, we kind of knew this, though, because they were, I mean, they wouldn't have pushed for Amy Coney Barrett if they weren't into the strategy, and they basically said as much. Yeah. Which was that, like, oh, let's, you know, but it's like, he just, like, literally saw, oh, in 2000, like, the Supreme Court decided right. the election, so I'm going to make that happen this time. Yeah. But it doesn't... You know, you can't obviously do that unless unless there's an actual legal You need a very specific case. kind of ambiguity. Yeah, like, they, there has to actually be, like, laws that were broken or things that, um, you know, the legal, like, ramifications. It can't be just, like, a situation you're like, I want a judge to decide this. Yeah. Even though it's already been decided and everything was fair. <laughs> so, yeah. um... You know, so every because I think they've tried like over fifty different like pathways yeah. through all the different battleground states and like have been laughed out of courtrooms <laughs> and all this stuff. Like none of it's gone anywhere, and it's not going to. Like I know Ted Cruz is saying that he would do the oral arguments at the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a but it, they've already said like they're not doing it because there's no reason to. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that strategy largely like blew up in flames um and you know and then obviously the senate like we were talking a little bit about that um because we thought that that was going to be um oh and i want to talk about the polling errors also but Uh um you know we thought and based on polling we thought the senate was going to be a lot clearer cut than it ended up being because um, yeah. it was looking like the Democrats were going to take the Senate. And then um, pretty much a lot of the different p- Democrats they had ahead um, to beat incumbents just, like, didn't. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Susan Collins had this challenger, and she ended up, like, smoking her. Um, a bunch of other people who I can't think of. Oh, um, well, Lindsey Graham and that... Is it Amy McGrath or Amy Grath? Um, no, Amy McGrath was with uh, Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. So Lindsey Graham. Oh, and, that, um, guy. that guy. Yeah. Well, and they both had challengers, like strong challengers, but in the end, it wasn't strong enough. Um, yeah. So, um, so basically, where we are now is we're at forty-eight, forty-eight, and it all comes down to this Georgia runoff that's happening. In early January, I think. Yes. Yeah. January fifth. So. John Ossoff and Pastor Warnock. Yeah. What's his first name? Um. Oh, I forget. Raphael. Raphael. Yeah. Raphael Warnock. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. No, maybe it isn't. I don't know, but uh. So, and it's you know, and it's weird. Also, this doesn't normally happen. A because. Um, Raphael. Oh, it is Raphael. Okay, so they don't. 
hold Senate elections for both in in one particular state, both seats are never up at the same time. They have all this like timing so that you're only voting for one seat in in a year. Yeah. And then 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 mm-hmm. obviously in the six year cycle, which is how long a Senate term is, one year you don't vote for anybody. And right. then one term you vote for one seat, the next term you vote for the other seat. Right. So this year, one of the seats is up, which is the Kelly Loeffler seat, I believe, which she is in the seat. She wasn't, nobody was really elected to their seat right now. Right. Because the seat, the one seat that would have been up this year, the guy died who was in the seat. Yes. Yeah, he died. So then what happens when somebody dies or retires and they haven't served their full term is that either they hold a special election or the governor appoints someone to the seat. Yeah. So the the latter is what happened. And Kelly Loeffler, who's this like billionaire lady, yeah. um, was appointed to the seat. So And she's been in it for like a year or two. And yeah. so now she is actually running for the seat. Um, against Warnock. And so, um, and basically, and also the way it works is because they did already vote because you're like, well, didn't they vote in November? They did mm-hmm. vote. But what happened, well, there was three people running for this seat or like that had enough from the primary. It was yes. like two Republicans and Warnock. It was some other Republican right. guy. And um, the way the rules work in Georgia is that if no one gets 50% of the vote... It goes no, to a runoff. Exactly. And, and um, nobody, you know, so nobody had uh, 50%. So, um, so it went to runoff. And um, the two with the higher... And out of those three, like, the two with the higher percentage go. And so it was yeah. him and Loeffler. Um, and then in the other seat... Um, wait, what happened with the, so... So, the Loeffler seat, because she was appointed... It's such a hot mess. Because she was appointed, I think the rule is that that seat goes up for the rest of the term at the next election, right? And then the seat that Ossoff well, yeah, was yeah. running for is just a normal, this is a normal challenge seat. to an incumbent. Okay, yeah, sorry. I mixed up the, yeah, the terms. So... Yeah. So that wasn't yeah because the loss receipt wouldn't have been up normally. Right. Okay, so sorry. Yeah. So so that um so then well the Ossoff seat that was so that should have been decided on election night. The reason it wasn't is because neither of them got fifty percent of the vote. Right. Um. This is the case with both seats. Yes, yes. but they because there was a th- I guess people voted third party or whatever. So um. But, like, literally the Republican guy got 49.9%, though. Right. The 0.1% is, like, why this is happening. Yes. So, um, it's it's crazy. So, basically, we you know, there's two seats. They're both in Georgia. And, you know, basically, we'll, that will decide the Senate majority. Yes. It will. It's either... And it's either going to be, um, you know, it's either going to be a Republican majority by, like... Not like I guess it would be, well, it, it, the worst case scenario is forty eight, fifty two. Yeah. Um. Yes. Forty eight fifty two. Um. Or forty nine fifty one. Or if it's fifty fifty, the Kamala Harris is like the tiebreaker. Right. Because the vice president is the president of the president of the senate so if there's a tie they vote in a tiebreaker 
Yes. And, and that's considered the majority. So even if it's 50-50, it's like whatever, whoever's the vice president. Yeah. So, um, so even if it is a Democrat majority, it's not really a Democrat. It's really 50-50. Right. It's just that because of who the vice president is, it, it's they have yeah. the majority. But, um, but it changes a lot as far as like Mitch McConnell's not the majority leader anymore. Right. Uh, Chuck Schumer, I believe, would, would be the majority leader. Yeah. Um, and Mitch McConnell would probably be the minority leader, but the majority leader basically sets all the rules and all every, the agenda, what they're going to vote on, every single thing. It's almost like president of the Senate, even though they're, even though technically they're not, it's pretty much like they are, or they're like the COO of the Senate. Sure. They make all the rules of how things are happening, what's happening, who's there, what they're like, it's, they literally establish every single thing, every single procedure. So, um, so that's why, like, part of also why it's such a big deal is because of, like, who, who gets to have that kind of control. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. Currently, uh, Warnock is ahead of Loeffler in polls by about 2%. And Ossoff is ahead of Purdue by 0.3%. Yeah, yikes. Um, yeah. Speaking of polls, because that's the other thing, is, like, obviously, so now we know, I know we talked about it a little before, we know that there was a polling error. Yes. It's pretty much, uh, well, it's probably worse, actually, than it was in 2016. So, it is pretty similar. It's very similar, though. On average, average, it's about the same as 2016, with some huge polling errors. In Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Florida. Ohio, Iowa, Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of... But, yeah. So... But still worse is what... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, you know, now it's like, okay, so what do we do about... Po- but the polling... Well, what it doesn't explain, it was also wrong with the Senate people. Right. So, part of that... It's like, how do you explain that? Um, I mean, it wasn't that... It was... No, it yeah. was. It was. Because it wasn't. That's why it turned out, you know. Yes. The Senate wasn't supposed to turn out like this. Right. So there, so, there were polling errors generally. Yeah. But the, that's also just the I, fact that Trump kind of turns people out generally. Uh, and the average Republican isn't as unpopular as President Trump. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, the, in the Senate and the House, Republicans overperformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, even in the House... Oh, yeah, you said that. Because they yeah. actually lost some seats. Yeah. I mean, they still have the majority, right. but they lost some... Their majority is less than it was this time, So yeah. in this term. So, um, and yeah, generally... And we, I don't want to go into why that is and, like, all those different comments just because right. we're already at 40 minutes. But there's basically a big polling discre- – and, like, you know, it's like, is it the Trump effect? Is that what we have to start calling it now? And it's like, you know, if Trump runs, I guess we have to assume that that's – Yeah. That he overperforms and, like, whatever the poll says, we basically have to assume it's, like, four to six points more in his favor than it right. says. If he's not running, though, I think that's where the bigger question is. Because yeah. if he's not running or whatever, he's not a candidate or, you know, um, somehow Mitt Romney wins the primary. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so then what, then what do we do? Do we just assume, oh, the polling error? We won't really know until after whatever that election is. But 
do we just assume it's not there anymore? Do we assume it's still there until it otherwise, like, seen? Um, you know, because I think it, it changes a lot in the science of polling because we've never seen errors this big. And then, you know, obviously this time it, it's still because but Biden had a bigger lead. Mm-hmm. So even the same polling error still meant he won. Um, so it didn't actually it didn't actually like influence the outcome quite in the same way. Mm-hmm. It just made it closer. Yeah. Um, basically, and it made nail biters in a lot of these places, in a lot of these swing states. Um, but yeah, like, what do you think about that? And like, you know, I said, I feel like people will not trust the polls, um, which I think is concerning because I feel like it means they're not going to trust information. And then, like, well, what does polls, that? Yeah, because polls are one of the important checks. Yeah. On, um a uh on an election uh you use polls to figure out if there's something fishy and if polls aren't credible that you know opens opportunities um i do think that you know there's i don't think it invalidates the science of polling um i do think that it shows that something about you know this is that ever that both 2016 and 2020 were very atypical elections. Um, and, you know, these statistical models are worse at predicting atypical situations. And so I think I would, I would ultimately say this is the Trump effect and also the COVID-19 effect. Um, and, you know, the, the billion other things that have happened this year to make this election strange. Um yeah, I mean, like, Republicans did, you know, the the more Republicans turned out this year than in 2020. Well, that's the weird thing, because COVID might have actually helped him. Yeah. Which is the weird, because no one thought, no, that's like the plot twist, because nobody saw that one coming. And also, they did this really interesting exit polling, and basically, overall in the nation, most people were actually happy with, or, or satisfied with the response um, from their leaders as far as responding to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. They were happy with the response effort, which sounds like you would never think that, but, like, that's what right. the exit polls said. So, um, and also, like, they asked, like, what's your top, um, like, concern as a, or, like, top um, issue? And it was the economy. Yeah, over the coronavirus. Right. So, you know, so a lot of people... Um, Actually, like, and because of COVID, more people voted probably because people weren't traveling. People were doing the mail-in voting was happening a lot more. It's just the election, there was a lot more focus on it. Um, And part of that's like there wasn't as much else to focus on. There weren't all these other distractions. Yeah. And so there was a larger turnout. But, like, that may have actually helped Trump in the end and not Biden like we thought it would. Well, it kind of it helped both because both that's true. Both yeah. parties increased turnout a ton. Um, if either, like you know, if if the same number of Democrats had turned out as in twenty sixteen, Trump would have won in an electoral landslide. Yeah. Well, if they the had more votes. Republicans had turned out as in twenty sixteen, it would have been an absolute like devastating. Because more people voted in this election <laughs> since. 
any election before like nineteen oh or nineteen hundred, I think. As a percentage of the of electorate. the yeah, yeah of the electorate. Right. Um, but in nineteen hundred, women couldn't vote. Um, basically, black people couldn't vote. Yeah. Who could vote really? You know. So the actual electorate is a lot bigger now. In nineteen, oh, shut up. <laughs> Um, you weren't alive or... No, I wasn't alive. 21 at that time was the voting age. So you weren't alive and 21. So no, you couldn't have voted. Um, so... Oh my God. So, um, yeah, but, um, and I guess also, so yeah, the turnout was, because Biden has more votes, has received more votes than any person running for president ever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess, but the question I think too is like, well, what happens in four years? Can is the turnout? Are they gonna on both sides? Can they like retain the turnout or retain the people that voted um, for them? Like, how is that gonna? You know what? What what's the strategy to like keep people engaged? Especially like the pandemic is gonna be over before the next election. Yeah, I can very confidently say that, especially because today. The vaccine was FDA approved, mm-hmm. so it's definitely going to be over by then. Yes. So no more, um, there's going to be no more pandemic anymore. So, or at least not this one, but <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. people will be more prepared either way. So yeah. I think, yeah, but, um, but I guess like, you know, okay, if things are sort of back to a more 2016 place, you know, does that mean they're not going to get the turnout? And, like, what, you know, and I just think that'll be interesting. Uh, and, like, which party is going to be more successful at, like, retaining? Because I do think you're right that, like, the Republican, like, Trump can drive this turnout. And, you know, if he can get these people voting, the challenge is on the other side, they've got to get the people voting. Right. And, like, how do you do that? Um, especially like, you know, if it's not this moment, like we, like this year was where it was just the storm of different issues where people were really passionate and really civically engaged and and informed even. So I don't know. I just think, um, I think, you know, I think the next election will be really telling with a lot of different things. Yeah. And there's a lot kind of riding on the next one. Like I'm already... And I don't even know because, you know, the, it's such a toss-up. Like, we thought this time was a toss-up. Who knows who's going to be running yeah. on either side? <laughs> you know, maybe no one named Trump or Biden will will actually get the nominee. I doubt I it. I hope not, but I know you doubt it. But, I think, you know, we could, or we could have the exact same election over again where it's Trump well, and Biden again yeah. and we have to go through the same I, I, I thing. I think the, more, the open question <laughs> oh, is God. just which Trump. Oh, yeah, let's not even go there. So I, I think it's a serious... Like, I know, I just say, like... I like, there's, even... there's sufficient <sighs> desire within the Republican Party for a Trump dynasty. It's crazy. And... I don't know why uh, they want Basically, that. the family will decide... Uh, it's which... like the Kennedys for the Republicans, basically. Right, yeah. Right. Except the Kennedys have this crazy curse and keep dying and can't yeah. actually hold an office for more than, like, a couple years. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, no, I know. Like, I know, um, like, I, I do think that's likely. But, I mean, you know, I, it's, it'll still be interesting because we don't really know if Biden, I mean, he's, he would literally be 82. 
if he runs again in yeah. four years. 82. Yeah. That's old. That is old. Um, So I just think there's a lot of questions, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, You know, I think these different questions and things that have come up this time, like how does it play out yeah. again in four years? And that'll kind of... um bring some more clarity to the situation hopefully but for now we'll sign off i think next time we should talk about more in you know why did democrats lose these seats and these different kind of this infighting that's been going on in the party yeah um and even like what does that mean for the future and how how um well i'll save that i guess for the next episode but we'll talk more about that yep um i would yeah and so any like last thoughts or anything? Uh, God help John Ossoff <laughs> and Raphael Warnock. They are our only hope. Aha! Uh-huh. All right. Um. Yeah. All right. So, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and rate and review our podcast. If you enjoy our content, and follow Wesley at Indiana Walsh on Twitter. Yep. And follow me at every little thing here on Instagram. And we'll see you hopefully soon. Or in six months. (laughs) Or a new episode.